welcome to Emotion Well, EFR's podcast about all things related to emotional wellness. I'm Johanna Dunlevy, the wellness manager for Employee and Family Resources, also known as EFR, and I'm the host of our podcast. As an FYI, EFR is located in Des Moines, Iowa, and we are Iowa's first employee assistance program and provide a variety of services you can learn more about at www.efr.org. I'm here with Elisa Mozak of Blossoming Pathways, and I'm very excited to be kicking off season three of Emotion Well with Elisa today. So welcome to the podcast, Elisa. Yeah, thank you for having me. We met 10 years ago. We just determined this uh, in our conversation before, in our off-the-record conversation, the conversation before the conversation. We decided that we met most likely 10 years ago. Uh, We both worked at Drake University, and we've kind of kept in touch over the years, and it's really exciting for me to have you back. So thanks for reaching out to me. I think it was on LinkedIn, you saw that we had a podcast, and you were like, hey, if you ever are interested in having me on to talk about something about boundaries or healthy relationships, I'm I'm down. So I was very excited when you reached out, so thank you. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself. You can do that better than I can, so. Yeah, yeah. So I'm Alisa, and um, I've been in Des Moines for about 12 years. I'm an Iowa native, and my whole professional career has been in victim advocacy and violence prevention, doing things around healthy relationship promotion, um, looking at advocacy on the individual level and working with people that have had personal traumas. I do a lot right now through my Blossoming Pathways business that I opened about three and a half years ago um, with businesses across Iowa in schools, nonprofits, health businesses um, where I do things from empathy building workshops, uh, professional development series around looking at tailoring things around um, boundaries or what does it look like when um, maybe a person or a worker uh, that has trauma, how can you support them? I do policy audits too with my business, so people have had me come in and look at how can I make my business more appropriate for folks with trauma um, as far as leave or things that you know could be better environmental focused things. Um, so yeah, so I've been just doing some consulting work um, with that for a couple of years and yeah. I, really, I really enjoy it. Boundaries is probably one of my most um, favorite topics to talk about. Which is why I said let's do boundaries. Yeah. So I'm excited. It sounds like your business offers a variety of resources for uh, individuals and workplaces so we will be sure to include um, your Facebook page and any contact information in our show notes so our listeners can uh, learn more about Blossoming Pathways. But let's talk about boundaries today. So uh, I am someone who, you know, the word boundaries is a, a, a word that I've heard, I've used, I generally understand it. Uh, but it wasn't until I read a book recently, it was the book Set Boundaries, Find Peace by Nedra glover Tawab that I thought, wow, like this is really an important topic for me as a person, for me as a friend, as a daughter, as a mother, as a team member, uh, in any relationship I have, and it really made me think about boundaries differently. So I'm excited to speak with you about boundaries. Uh, let's just start from you know the basics. What are boundaries, and why are they important? Yeah, um, like you said, I think sometimes people think of boundaries as an elusive thing or kind of almost like an abstract concept, uh-huh. um, but it is actually a skill you have to build, much like empathy. Um, so a boundary is just a physical or emotional limit 
or rule that an individual sets just to kind of protect themselves and also to have a stable, um, supportive relationship, no matter what that relationship is or who it's with. So family, friends, intimate partner, colleagues. Um, So boundaries actually protect us um, from just keeping safe from other um, aspects of like what we maybe wouldn't want somebody to know about ourselves or kind of exposure or vulnerability. But they're also really important because um, they're kind of the the building blocks or the stepping stones for healthy relationships. If you don't have boundaries, if you don't set them with um, that person in your life, um, then there can be turmoil. There can be um, a lot of arguments. There could be even just um, breaches in those kinds of um, behaviors and people could also take advantage of you if yeah. you don't have boundaries. Yeah, I when you mentioned um, kind of information sharing, what information people know about you, it makes me think about this book I read and how there was uh, a chapter where she addressed kind of oversharing information about one's personal life. And I've thought of times in my own life where I've done that, and I think, oh, wow, that was a bad boundary. Um, and I don't know if I want to label things good or bad, but just, oh, that wasn't a boundary that was maybe appropriate in that setting. And so I can think of times when uh, maybe I haven't had the best boundaries, and I can definitely think of times when I felt like my boundaries were violated, for lack of a better term, or maybe that is the appropriate term. Um, but when we think about boundaries, uh, would you say – there are kind of steps in, you know, identifying what your boundaries are and then communicating um, what those boundaries are to the appropriate people. What do you think is harder for people, identifying boundaries or communicating boundaries? I think it's definitely the communication piece. Um, You know, a lot of our boundaries are instilled by our parents or, you know, our caregivers, people growing up, right? That's kind of how you learn boundaries is just through the environments in which you are associated with um, and friends, right? Things like that, that you kind of um, learn and grow of like, what do I, what is important to me? What are the things that I want to share? How do I want to develop how I navigate the world with the people in my lives? Um, But I think it's, it's easy to know what your boundaries are or kind of start a list of, you know, these are my yeses and nos of what I want from a relationship that I'm building with somebody. But once you maybe have a loose boundary with somebody, then that expectation is usually um, hard to kind of rebound from. So I think that's the piece where a lot of people, um, like you said, oversharing or uh, somebody might actually do that on purpose, right? So they try to test your boundaries in a relationship at the get-go, yeah. um, whether, you know, it's a friend or a coworker, whomever. And so that's that's the thing where a lot of people, especially I think um, we have a culture, kind of that Midwest nice, so a lot of people think that they have to say certain things or that they have to be nice to somebody. Or that they have to help. Yeah. Yep, it's their they have obligation. To help yep, yeah. yeah. So boundaries yeah. kind of can be skewed into that and manifest into, like, the need to please others and so then that's where if you want to change your mindset and create a different boundary with that person or just even you realize maybe your boundaries are too loose so you want to kind of strategize a way to have a healthier frame moving forward with established relationships or new relationships it does take time and practice and that's what's hard is that communication piece and even kind of a mindset switch yeah so when it comes to boundaries we can have there's loose boundaries, there's really rigid boundaries, yeah. and then there's that healthy kind of in the middle where you know what your 
boundaries are, you're able to exercise them, you're able to communicate them. Could you, let's talk about friendships because I think I was speaking with my counselor months ago about boundaries and she asked me a question that it felt kind of perplexing at the time. She said, well, what about boundaries with your friendships? And I just thought, what do you mean? You know, I've always thought of boundaries as kind of something between intimate partners and, and myself or as I've grown into adulthood, I've had to establish good boundaries with my parents, right? So um, they're still my parents, but they're not parenting me, right? So I think a lot of people go through that kind of change of boundaries as they enter adulthood. But when it comes to friendships, I was just like, I, I don't know. And so that was kind of my assignment at that time was to think about my different friendships uh, and and how my boundaries are, you know, with them. Have I established good boundaries with my friendships? Uh, am I able to communicate them? So let's speaking of friendships and boundaries within friendships, because you know, not everyone has an intimate partner, but hopefully most people feel like they have at least a friend or two friends that they find support from in life. Um, what would be an example of a healthy? Well, let's start with loose. What's a loose boundary with a friend? What would be like a loose boundary with a friend? Well, first I want to just kind of say that the difference between a friendship and the formulation of boundaries and maybe a colleague in the formulation of boundaries might be different because there's a different aspect of trust and the longevity of that relationship. And I think with a friend, most people would say that they feel more comfortable because of that trust aspect Uh to share and be more vulnerable in that type of relationship than maybe they would with, with somebody they just met or a colleague, yeah. right? Yeah. So that professional type of boundary is different than a friendship type yeah. boundary that you would establish over time. Yeah. And I would say a lot of people in a lot of professionals in the field would say a friendship or a family boundary um, is definitely it changes over time, but it's definitely more loose in general. Um, right. And by that we mean. It ebbs and flows with kind of the context of the relationship, um, the trust that you've developed over time, um, the things and the needs that you both have, that mutual respect that's going on, that dialogue. Um, But also a lot of it is just the love that you have for that person too, right? So the boundary is going to be different um, depending on what you feel confident in sharing with that person. I just think in my life it's easier for me to set a boundary with someone I don't have as much of a connection to, like a colleague. Yeah, sure. Because I'm not as worried about how this boundary affects them as a person. Are they, you know, are their feelings hurt? Um, Are we still going to be friends? Because they're my colleague. I just view them differently. So when it comes to kind of, again, those examples of loose, uh, rigid, and then the healthy, kind of what could you give an example? Yeah. And you can do, I guess, you could do a, a friend or even if, if you want to make the focus a, a colleague, you choose. Sure. Um, so I would say sometimes a loose boundary manifests itself in just maybe oversharing something about um, who you are or what you want or what your desires are. And then the, the part of it is, is once you share something, you can't take it back, obviously. Mm-hmm. But a friend, a true friend should hold that information with confidence and not do blackmailing type of things. But the, the problem could be is that once you share something, no matter what relationship it is, um, you don't know what that person's going to do with that information. So you have to make sure that, you know, you safeguard it or you build that trust where you feel like I can share this without that person 
um, telling other people, right? Or, so kind of being, you have to be mindful yeah, about yeah. what you're sharing. Yeah. So a loose boundary would be like, you know, you just share candidly, but you also don't, maybe don't know or don't care possibly what the person's going to be doing with that information. Um, but also a rigid boundary in a friendship could possibly ruin the friendship because if that person's telling you so much about themselves and being vulnerable, it's kind of a two-way street. A lot of times people would want you to share intimate things back with them, yeah. right? If they're sharing vulnerable um, things about their family or, you know, what's going on with them with their mental health, and then you have a rigid boundary and you say something like, well, you shut them down or you say, I don't feel comfortable talking about that. But you've known this person for 20 plus years. They might be thrown aback by right. why all of a sudden are you setting this type of boundary right. in our friendship? And that they might could question definitely, the trustworthiness of the yeah. friendship or yeah. the authenticity of it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also really important to have boundaries in long-term friendships um, because sometimes it's like that hidden thing, right? So they just assume that you have already established those. So if something new happens and you're not comfortable with it, but you don't voice it, right, you don't have that assertive communication with that friend, they might take advantage of you, yeah. right? Or become super needy and then that depletes you of kind of what you want out of that friendship as well. Yeah. They can definitely put a hindrance on that friendship if you don't have that communication. And it's okay sometimes. I think a lot of times we feel like we're going to let people down, like you said, or hurt their feelings, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're – if you feel in your gut instinct that that friend is maybe divulging too much or you just it's too much for you time and place you can't emotionally cope with what they're bringing to the table it's okay to set that boundary mm-hmm. and say you know i love you but you know here's information to a counselor or somebody yeah. else you can talk to so let's kind of going off of that and i know you can speak to this uh, post secondary trauma or you know if if a friend is sharing something that they've experienced in life that is traumatic for them, how can that possibly affect the person receiving that information? Yeah, definitely does, for sure. Yeah, so there is something called secondary trauma um, or vicarious trauma. So if you have a friend or a family member who's going through something and having some mental health concerns and they share with you, but you want to set a boundary, a healthy boundary with Mm -hmm. them and show that you care and that you're being supportive. Um, Some people, it's a fine line, but some people feel like, they would ruin that friendship or that relationship if they don't take on all those needs from that person. Um, But you can say something like, you know, thank you so much for sharing with me. You know, I love you and I want to support you. um, But this might be a little bit too much for for me to handle right now. Um, You know, here's EFR's information. There's hotlines. There's things that you can do to support yourself. I'm here for you if you need ABC, right? Mm -hmm. So kind of set that boundary of what are the things that they can rely on you for and when is it where you feel like it's out of the purview of your comfort level or even maybe your professional skill set yeah for sure I know I was listening to another podcast once and they were talking about supporting other people and when someone is coming to you with you know not necessarily a problem but they're just coming to speak with you about something that's going on in their life a question you can ask them is are you seeking support or solutions you know because maybe you can be that supportive person Maybe you would have some solutions, but oftentimes we may not be either, or we may not be capable of being either. And so knowing when, when you, are, you know, are not able to take that information on and support your friend or take that information on and help your friend 
with whatever solutions they need, I think is really That's a good framework. Really I like that. Yeah. 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 Um, so in the book that I referenced earlier, again, it's Set Boundaries, Find Peace. There is a chapter dedicated to friendships. And so this made me think even, even more about my friendships. Um, and one thing she mentions in the book is, you know, oftentimes a, a sign that you have maybe a loose boundary with someone is when you see a phone call or a text message come from them and you just don't really even want to go there. You know, you're like, oh, do I have to answer that? Or I don't know, how, you know, do I want to respond to that? And I thought, well, you know, I can think of times in my life where I've, I've had that happen. But I do want to point out because I think it's, it's worth noting there are um, examples she gives for signs of a healthy friendship. Um, when your friend wants to see you grow, if the friendship is mutually supportive, mutually beneficial, um, your friendship evolves as you evolve when you kind of mentioned yeah, that yeah. Um, relationships evolve, especially relationships you have with friends and family members over a long period of time evolve. And so your boundaries most likely have to evolve with those um, with those friends and family members. Um, and then I think a key is setting boundaries does not threaten the friendship. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Know? And then signs of an unhealthy friendship. Um, it's a competitive relationship. Um, you maybe exhibit your worst behavior when you're with your friend or you feel emotionally drained after connecting with a friend. And that's kind of where I was able to relate the, oh, you see that phone call coming in or that text message and it's, you know, you're almost emotionally drained before you answer the call, right? So that could be a sign of maybe a loose boundary or an unhealthy friendship. Um, and then she does speak a lot about, you know, sharing details of your personal life or oversharing details of your personal life or them expecting you to do the same. Yep. And so yep. I just thought, you know, that's 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 good. It's it's good to think about boundaries as they relate to all types of relationships, but again, um, friendships. What about um, – so for me, I have – the ability to practice good boundaries when it comes to doing things, um, but when it comes to feeling, I, I, I struggle a lot more. Uh, I tend to, I, I score high on empathy, and so for me, I can um, almost just imagine or feel what that person is going through, and so for me, setting boundaries can be difficult when it comes to like feeling other people's feelings or you know, wanting to be mindful of, well, this is my boundary and I can only control how it affects me. You know, I don't have control over someone else's feelings. So can you speak a little bit about doing boundaries versus feeling boundaries? You know, sure. like I can say, no, I can't go to the arts festival this weekend because I have another commitment. Um, but if, yeah, if a friend kind of wears on me and they, they probably know that I struggle with that feelings boundary. It becomes more challenging. So like the doing versus feelings boundaries. Yeah, yeah. And that is that fine line of, you know, you want to be supportive with that person and you care about that person. And you might have an emotional connection with that person because you share common um, aspects of your life or stories, what have you, right? Mm -hmm. But it's important that, like I said, Boundaries are a skill set. So that's the doing part. It's a skill. You have to practice it. So sometimes if you know you have a friend who you care for, but you just don't have the time emotionally to spend with them, um, it's okay to just, you know, that doing part of setting the boundary and saying, you know, I right now there's a lot of things on my plate, um, and I want the best for you and the best for our friendship, but... 
I need to pass this on to somebody else. You know, have you thought about talking to somebody else? Who else do you have that supports you, right? Things like that. Just making sure that you're not leaving them without a support person because obviously they're coming to you for a reason. Um, And then it's practicing those no's, even just practicing it with somebody else in your life um, in, in a way to let somebody know that you have kind of a more rigid boundary or that you're attempting to kind of change your boundary with them, um, practicing it with somebody. So you pad it with them and they can, um, let you know if it sounds harsh or right. If you, if you sound empathetic and that, you know, like, how can I actually put this into action? Right. Because you don't want to break the friendship, but then you have to also sometimes look at, like I said earlier, friendships, any relationship, but friendships are a two-way street. I know recently um, I was really lonely during COVID like most people, and I've been reaching out to friends because I'm like, yay, we can get together again. Yeah. But it's a two-way street. So, you know, some people have, if I've reached out and said, you know, I miss you, let's hang out, and I don't hear from them, I realized, you know, maybe they've moved forward or that friendship, maybe time and place isn't growing yeah. anymore. So. I just kind of let it be. But that's hard, too, sometimes. It is, yeah. So you just have to know. I wouldn't say to if somebody's reaching out to you to not say something back to them, right, right. especially if they're a friend. Right. Um, but I would say it's okay to say, you know, right now um, I need to work on myself, and I've got some things that I need to prioritize. So I love you, and I want us to have a good relationship, but I have to fill my bucket in order to be able to – connect with yeah. with you and with other people that I care about. And it kind of goes back to the concept of self-care. And I think a lot of people think self-care is being selfish. They yeah. think of self-care as, you know, the practice of something you're doing that could be selfish or others may view as selfish. But, I mean, if you can't, you know, stand up for yourself and give your yourself the opportunity for self-care, then how can you really, you know, come through and be the friend, the partner, the parent, the team member um, that you have the potential to be, right? So I liked how you said maybe think of someone in your life who you could set a boundary with, that it wouldn't feel threatening, just to practice. Um, I like that idea a lot, and I think that the more we can maybe identify small small steps, right, Um, versus those big leaps, those small boundaries that we can identify and communicate and try to establish, and especially if you're – able to be vulnerable with someone um, who would respect that, you know, getting that practice in could, like you said, build that skill set, which is, you know, establishing boundaries. Um. It's okay to even write scripts. So there was this really good um, that I just found on Pinterest, and I was pinning, and I made a new um, Pinterest page that was all about, you know, boundaries and healthy relationships, and I found this one that was like a script ways to say no, right? And it it gave you examples like, I am not comfortable. I can't do that right now. And these are all nice things that shouldn't offend if you have an established relationship with that person, you know, but it is a way to set a boundary. And then it relieves you of the stress and the pressure. And it's part of, it could be part of your self-care, you know, to say, to say no is, is being vulnerable to somebody, but it's also part of self-preservation, and it's very vital for yourself in order to fill your bucket back up and then be able to be there for somebody. Yeah, yeah, I know. I um, 
I deliver a stress presentation for EFR and one of the things I say is when you say yes do you say yes to stress (laughs) and just you know being able to say no and that no doesn't have to come with an explanation because again as I can identify times in my life where I've been able to say no but I felt obligated to say no because and sometimes that because is really no one else's business or you know the person that you're communicating your boundary to they don't really need to know all the reasons why you've set that boundary they just need to know that that is the boundary you've set and so I think and this gets tricky in the workplace I think for people who maybe are being asked to do more than um, they can take on or maybe they're being asked to you know fill in um you know, doing those other duties as a sign because this is where it gets really tricky saying no. And so whenever I deliver the stress presentation because I'm doing it in workplaces, I always feel like, am I saying something that is going to come back? And they're going to say, well, EFR told me to say no. (laughs) Because I always have to preface it with, you know, in the workplace, you may have to say no because, but a lot of times in your personal life, I think it's easier to just say no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So let's talk about the workplace a little bit because you do work with organizations and and team members and let's talk about healthy boundaries in the workplace Um, and this can be anything from with people to with your work schedule and technology as it relates to work I think the the work life I don't like to use the word or the term work-life balance because to me that just feels so like oh everything's always in perfect harmony and that's just not how it is so your work-life integration you know how your work and life comes together um I think COVID and just the fact that a lot of people in office-based positions were sent to work from home kind of blurred those boundaries quite a bit. So I guess um, speak to boundaries in the workplace, healthy boundaries, maybe what you've been seeing or what you've been requesting or what what people have been, what employers have been requesting from you in terms of your um, areas of expertise. Sure. Yeah. Um, Again, Boundaries are very important, professional boundaries, in, in your colleague relationships. And the way that those manifests are going to be different, right, um, tend to be more rigid in general uh, because, again, you don't want to divulge too much because you can't take it back. And then also if you are somebody who takes on a lot, um, you might be taken advantage of in the right. workplace because they'll say, oh, this person will do this job because they don't say no. You kind of establish a a routine and people will rely on you for those kinds of commitments. Um, But I think a lot of times, especially like you said, that shift of people working from home and doing more technology-driven meetings, um, it's more vulnerable because you're in your home and people, I know that there's technology where you can blur your background or change your background, but they see the inside of your home. Yeah. So it's it's almost an environmental boundary as well. Yeah. Right. I that comfort that. level of, you know, I remember I had a colleague was like, oh, tell me about your house. Give me a tour of your house while I was on a Zoom meeting and I had to set a boundary yeah, and say, you know, little... hey, I don't feel comfortable with that. Yeah. Um, or even I had never had a colleague that I had just met come into my house or come over to drop something yeah. off and be at my house instead of the workplace. So that was kind of different yeah. for me. It really does open up your personal life yeah. a lot more. And, you know, seeing people's kids too, right? And family yeah. members and things that are also in the home. Kids and pets. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. So it's almost you're, you're sharing at a different level because you're not leaving your own 
safety net environment. Yeah. So you almost feel more comfortable talking more candidly about yourself and like, you know, hey, meet this person that's in my household or, yeah. yeah. Right. So it's And I of, feel like with the Zoom conferences, it's like, even if I wanted to keep all that personal stuff in the background private, I have less control over it because, you know, for someone who worked from home with a small child for several months, I mean, you, it's unpredictable when they're going to have to go to the bathroom when they need you. Um, when th- Yeah, so I just feel like I never really thought of it that way. But, yeah, you just you kind of invited the world into your personal space. And it's vulnerable. Mm-hmm. It is. So I think a lot of times um, just what I've seen is a lot of, um, workplaces trying to make sure that they are tuned to that and make sure that they have options for employees who don't feel comfortable being in the house all the time mm. um, or training people on the technology. I have been on so many meetings that people are like, I don't know how to use Zoom. And it's like, whose responsibility is that? Yes, in part, some of it is on you, but if you had a, a workplace culture that would help that person, you know, if they have a boundary they want to set, yeah. employ that, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, here's how you do this, so that way you don't have to show your background. Or yeah, equip how your team you members yourself. with resources yeah. to yep. establish healthy boundaries. Yeah, yeah. What about boundaries as it relates to, now that I'm in, like, the digital space in my sure, head, yeah. social media? Oh, sure, yeah. And I think that there's definitely a shift um, even 10 years ago when you and I were working together, mm-hmm. we didn't use social media as much as we do now. Um, so I think that in the workplace, like I, I've had to do my own social media. So I just make sure that obviously there's a, a delineation of work appropriate posts that mm-hmm. have to do with the mission of your organization versus we're all out at the bar doing a social gathering together. We should post this, you know, those, right, there are those right. kinds of kind of looking and thinking through, you know, is it an appropriate thing to show what you're, you know, or featuring uh, an employee, like make sure that they're okay with that and what are you going to say about them, but making it consistent even. So if you're going to feature somebody, right, make sure that the same person next month, if you're featuring another person, you ask the same questions, right? So it's consistent so they don't feel like, um, and then that everybody in that team makes those efforts to be part of okay what do we want to say about ourselves that's personal what do we want to say about our professional lives so that way it's consistent and everybody has a say in those kinds of ways that you're trying to to share with the outside world of Mm -hmm. who you are right Mm -hmm. and what you are as a workplace and what you believe in but then that the messages are consistent with what your employees say about your organization as well yeah what about as people use social media in their personal lives? And, you know, I just think, and I don't, I have a Facebook account and I have an Instagram account. I don't, I haven't checked Instagram in almost two years now. So I, I'm basically non-existent on there. Um, and with Facebook, I'm not on very much either. But I think back to when I was using it more often and I was sharing a lot of details of my life with sure. the world or my friends or however my privacy settings were set up. But as, as people do share more about themselves on social media, do you feel like that's kind of made our boundaries looser in terms of what is expected to be shared? In the workplace? Yeah, definitely. No, not in the workplace, just in our personal lives. Yeah, both, I think, actually. Or both, okay. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's interesting when I hear people say, 
you know, you just started working with them and they say, let's connect on social media. Yeah. I immediately think LinkedIn because it's the professional yeah. hub. And that's my comfort level. I'd rather because, you know, I'm For sure. outwardly facing differently than on my other social uh-huh. media platforms. So, but I think, um, you know, I remember having somebody that was probably about 10 years younger than me ask me to be Facebook friends with them. And I had to set a boundary. I said, we just started working together and I don't feel comfortable. I don't. I don't have work colleagues as friends. Yeah. Uh, I keep my Facebook, you know, separate from my professional yeah. life. Um, and I think even just that threw them aback because that's just a socialization of maybe that generation. I'm not trying to say that other people don't do that, but it was just something that I had to say, you know, and it was almost a teaching moment because yeah. then they kept asking me questions about, you know, should I be posting this? And, you know, would and they were leaving the organization I was working at, so they were asking me, like, okay, would a worker look at this or this or this or what should I not post? So, yeah, yeah, there is definitely looser boundaries, but we have to realize that the way you display yourself to the world is what people are going to see. Yeah, and kind of like what you said with regard to what you share with people can't be taken back. What you share with the world on social media, I mean, you can remove it or delete it, but you don't know who's seen it or who's already, you know, taken a photo of it or shared it, so I thought... It can hold people really more accountable. So I would say social media definitely has advantages, right? You can sure. definitely hold people more accountable to their actions and have proof for things. Yeah. Going back to my advocacy life, you know, I'd always ask, is there proof of anything? Yeah. And a lot of times it was through social media posts yeah. yep, that you could prove that that person was harassing you or, you know, whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any favorite resources on boundaries, boundary setting that you'd like to share with our listeners? Um, I would say I follow a lot through um, the Healthy Relationship Foundation. Okay. It's out of the East Coast. They're a nonprofit. Um, they do a lot of really good things on empathetic listening and caring. Uh, so they're a good resource. There are um, some really good healthy relationship um, podcasts out there. There's a good um, nonprofit that does uh, a lot of things with looking at relationships on any level and skills and kind of um, almost like a workbook type of thing and some curriculum. Um, and they are, oh my goodness, I will have to have you post it afterwards. If you I'm can, yeah, let me know and I'll put it in the show notes. And the other thing was the Healthy Relationships Institute. Yeah, yeah. Project. Projects, yeah. okay project and I'll give you information on to post on that one too and then let our listeners know how they can find you on social media or on the web sure yep so I only have a Facebook and it's just blossoming pathways DSM for Des Moines all right Um, so you can find me and I post things um, about what I'm doing and kind of my work and then also a lot of stuff just cross resources I love to just be an advocate for these different topics so I'm always plugging different people's podcasts or things that um, people are writing and different articles around these topics so which is why I was embarrassed that I'm forgetting when you asked me specific ones (laughs) well it's okay we'll think of it and we'll post it but thank you so much for your time today and your expertise on the topic of boundaries Um, Again, I wanted to reference the book one more time. It's called Set Boundaries, Find Peace, A Guide to Reclaiming Yourself by Nedra Glover-Tawab. We will include all of Elisa's information in the show notes, as well as I'll link to that book as well. But thank you so much, Elisa, and make it a great day. Thanks for listening to Emotion Well. Please subscribe to us and don't forget to rate us. We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. 
Emotion Well is hosted by Johanna Dunlevy and produced by Emily Wonka.